You're listening to the Daily Sweat Podcast, where we are all about doing something that makes you sweat every single day. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. Welcome to episode number 90. How cool is that? If you are listening for the first time, I want to say hello and welcome. I am super, super stoked that you're here. And if you've been hanging around the community for a little while, and maybe even if you've been listening since all the way back at episode number one, um, I definitely want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, I am super stoked that it's episode number 90. I can tell you that I have some great interviews lined up between episode number 90 and 100. And we've got some really fun stuff coming up around episode 100. And then things are going to start to look a little bit different on the old podcast front here. And I, in full transparency, don't fully know what that's going to look like yet, but I'm really excited to kind of take a little bit of a different direction with this podcast. And I'm really excited to share it with you. But today we're not here to talk about podcasting. As fun as that is, we're here to talk about business and we're going to do just a little quickie bite-sized business tip. And this little business tip is really stemming from some tough love that I really want to send out into the current entrepreneurial landscape, especially amongst those who are from more of the creative or heart-centered variety. Um, And I really want to talk about the problems that we're solving as service-based entrepreneurs, because I think that there is starting to be a shift away from solving like legitimate problems that people are actually searching for solutions for and solving what we think people are struggling with. So we're going to dive into, you know, I want to just kind of start to ask some questions to help you get the wheels turning if you are a service-based business owner. Um, if you're not, maybe this is like not the episode for you. Um, if you want to hang out, like I'm totally cool with that. I'm not going to tell you to go away, but I just want to say that this is definitely more for my like heart-centered service-based business owner friends. So I, like I said, I'm going to share a few thoughts, a few questions to help you just get those wheels turning to allow you to really ask yourself, like, am I solving real problems? And then some starting points on how you can start to communicate the value that you actually bring to your clients more effectively. So I want to preface this by saying that like there is a belief or an idea floating out there that not every business needs to solve a problem. Like sometimes businesses really can just be for fun. You know, you can go on an Etsy shop and buy something that you don't really need just because it's fun. Or you can go on Amazon and buy something that you don't need just because it's fun or go on YouTube and look at animal videos, like just because you want to look at animal videos. And I'm sure people make businesses out of that. But I kind of do believe that all of those things, they still do kind of solve a problem and maybe not a problem in the traditional sense. You know, if I'm going to go on, um, I don't really shop on Etsy. Like I tend to find more random stores, but like, let's use Etsy as an example. Let's say I go on Etsy and I just want to burn some money and find something cute that I don't really need. That's going to make me happy. 
my desire to be made happier by this random thing that I'm going to buy or to, you know, spend this money that's burning a hole in my pocket. It's not a quote unquote problem in like the usual sense of problems, but it's still a desire that I have or a need that I have that I want fulfilled. And these products or, you know, different services can fulfill those needs. So I will preface this by saying that like you might think that, hey, you know what, actually my service or my product doesn't actually solve a specific problem. It is like just to make people happier or make them laugh or whatever it may be. And that's cool. I'm not saying that like you need to solve a problem, but like you most likely need to solve a problem. So I want you to think right now in your business, how do you help people? What do you help them with? If, you know, if we take that elevator pitch approach, let's say we were in an elevator for 20 seconds and you were going to tell me what you did in those 20 seconds. I also want to preface this by saying that like, if you're in an elevator with someone and you've never met them, like maybe don't introduce yourself by saying, Hey, this is who I am. And this is who I serve. And this is why I serve them. Cause that's just kind of weird. But Think about that elevator pitch statement. Like, who is it that you help? What do you help them with? And how do you help them? And really, like, take, the, take this time to think about that. I work with a lot of heart-centered entrepreneurs within, mostly within like the health and the fitness and wellness space. Um, Oftentimes there's like coaching, life coaching, mindset coaching, all those kinds of things. And whenever I start working with somebody, this is always a question that I ask. I say, who do you serve and how do you serve them? And something that comes up a lot is I help women reconnect to themselves I help women find their true essence. I help people make space for themselves. And I want you to ask yourself, like, is your answer kind of like that? Are you offering, do you say you empower people? That you offer means for reconnecting to oneself? That you maybe help them unleash their inner badass or something like that? What's the words that you're using to describe who you're helping and how you're helping them or what you're helping them do. And the, the problem with this is that the majority of the time, the women who we want to serve, and I'm going to say women primarily because this is mostly who I work with and the women who I coach also mostly work with women. So know that this applies to men and unicorns and non-identifying folks and everything under the sun, but we're just using the term women today. So the thing is, is that a lot of these women who are struggling, who really do need the services that we have to offer, they're not actually sitting and thinking, if I could just reconnect to myself, then this problem that I'm experiencing at work would go away. Or if I could just unleash my inner badass, I would feel so much more confident when I go out on dates. Like maybe they say that, but that's not, that's not really the, the tangible problem that they are thinking of. So again, these, these folks that you're helping and what you're helping them with are the language or is the language that you're using to describe the solution that you are offering aligned with the solution that your ideal clients are seeking? 
And I want you to be really honest with yourself about this because I see so many amazing practitioners and business owners struggling. I was one of those business owners who was really, really struggling because not because the work that we do sucks or because like we're not good at practicing whatever it is we practice or anything like that. It's because the way we're communicating our message is not landing with the people who we want to serve. There's a disconnect. There's, there's just a lack of understanding. You know, I, I did a little breakdown on some writing for, um, my, the clients, my mastermind a couple of weeks ago. We talked about just how to make your writing more powerful, how to make your words pop and how to really have people read your words and be like, wow, that's exactly what I need. How did she know that she is in my head? And I found a flyer in my local area for a workshop that was being put on and it was, it was one, it was really, really vague. It had a lot of really pretty language. It was like, after our time together, you will reconnect with your inner wild woman and you will unleash the feminine goddess within. And like, it sounded really, really nice, but I have a feeling that the majority of people who looked at that were thinking, I don't actually know what that means. And Maybe if they were intrigued enough, maybe they would take that extra step to reach out to the woman who was hosting this workshop and say, hey, so what's, what am I actually going to get out of this workshop? What does this actually mean? But the thing is, is that we live in a society where we are so inundated with information. We are so distracted constantly that really, if we have to think about the meaning behind something the vast majority of the time, we're not actually going to take the time to think about what that means to us. And then we're just going to move on to the next thing. We might say, oh, that's nice. And then keep going. Or we might say, oh, I don't know what that means. And then keep going. Or we might just look at it. Brain is like, "Mm, wild woman, true essence. I don't know. Keep going. So think about the problem that you are solving. Is it an actual problem that somebody has? And it's not to say that, you know, what you're building your business off of or how you want to help people or what you want to help people achieve. It doesn't necessarily mean that you can't actually do that. It might just mean that you need to find a way to to communicate it in a way that it actually makes sense to the person that you want to help. Another problem that I often see is that we, because Usually, especially those of us who are like personal trainers, nutritionists, life coaches, things like that, we went through a struggle. We were in a position where we weren't feeling fulfilled in our lives. Maybe we were unhappy with our bodies, our careers, our relationships. We were engaging in self-sabotaging behavior, whatever it may be. We come across a solution or something that helps us work through that struggle. And then the natural thing to do is to want to help people achieve the same thing or a similar thing in their own way. So what tends to happen is that we communicate to somebody how we can help them and what we can do for them based off of our current level of awareness. So let me give you an example here. I see this a lot with fitness and If you work in fitness, you know that the whole fitness side of things is like 25% of the equation, if that. You know, if someone comes to you and they want to lose weight, movement is like the least important thing. Sure, it's really helpful for 
you know, feeling good through the process, getting stronger, all that stuff. But if someone really wants to lose weight, we got to focus on the nutrition side of things. We got to focus on managing stress, um, keeping hormones balanced, sleeping, all of those different things. It takes a holistic approach. And what I often see people doing is leading with the holistic side of things. So they talk about their holistic program. They talk about incorporating mindfulness without really giving a whole lot of context as to why those things are included. So they say, you know, my holistic program is designed to help you unleash your inner badass. So then again, we're talking from our current level of awareness, and we're also speaking to problems that our ideal clients probably like don't really resonate with. So something that can be really helpful here is to think about yourself back when you were in the midst of your struggle. Did you know that a holistic approach was what you needed? Did you know that mindfulness or meditation or balancing your hormones was what you needed? If not, it doesn't mean you can't talk about those things. It just means you need to provide some more context around why those things are important. And I would also encourage you to lead with the thing that the person you want to help is actually struggling with. So in the case of fitness, lead with the fitness because that's what that person is looking for. But don't just leave it at that. Talk about all the other wonderful things that you bring to the table, but don't forget to talk about why that's important because these people don't necessarily know that. They haven't gone through that transformation yet. You're a few steps ahead. And when we talk from that space without providing any context or any explanation as to why this is actually an important part of the process or the equation, the the person who comes across our marketing or our sales page or our social media post or whatever it may be, they may look at that and be like, oh, mindfulness. Like, I'm not here for mindfulness. I want to work out. I want to get sweaty. Like, keep scrolling, go to the next page, whatever it may be, right? So again, put yourself back in your shoes to where you were when you were going through a similar struggle. What were the things you were looking for? What were the words that you were drawn to and who were you drawn to and why? And so the third problem that I see here is coming up with solutions to problems that don't actually exist. So in that first example that I talked about, um, I was talking more from the angle of, you know, using language that our clients aren't necessarily using. So, you know, maybe you actually want to help somebody reconnect with themselves because you know that when you have a strong relationship with yourself, it makes relationships with other people more powerful or more impactful. Um, but, the person who you want to help isn't necessarily looking to connect with herself. She's just looking for more, for more fulfillment in relationships. So you're, you're still solving a problem that somebody has, but you're not necessarily communicating it in a way that makes sense to them. What I'm talking about now is just straight up like solving problems that don't exist or are not enough of a problem for people to want to invest in. And on the one hand, I will say, like, I think it's important to be innovative. I think it's important to look for gaps in the marketplace, to do things that are different, to not always just kind of follow along with what everybody else is doing. But if you're finding that no one is investing in your service and you're doing lots of market research and you know that your language is totally resonating with your ideal clients, you know you're using the words that they use and still you're not seeing the traction that you want to see in your business, there's a possibility that it's because 
the thing that you offer isn't actually something that people are willing to pay for. So let me give you an example. Let's talk about this from the angle of accountability coaches. And I definitely, I like, I do want to say that I know that accountability coaches exist and I, from what I've seen from some of them, it looks like they're doing well, but is this like a really, really prominent issue for people? Is somebody going to pay a lot of money for somebody to keep them on track? Like, and if that's the only thing that you do, like if you are like, I will keep you accountable and I will help you get this project done. I will send you a text message twice a week and then we'll hop on a call at the end of the week to check in on your progress. Cool. Like that is beneficial, but is somebody going to pay you for that? And I can't say yes or no on that. This is a question that you have to actually answer yourself by doing your own research and testing things out. But will somebody pay you for that? Or is this something that they can get for free? Is this something that they can go to a friend for? Is this something that is like a, sure, it would be nice to have somebody do that, but I'm not going to fork over a few, few hundred or even a few thousand dollars a month for somebody to do this. So... If you have one of these businesses, and I see this coming up in the cannabis industry a lot now too, because here in Canada, cannabis has been legalized recently, and this there's so much opportunity in the marketplace here. It's absolutely amazing. I've loved seeing all of the different like branding for cannabis uh, companies, and you know different things like that. Consultants for cannabis businesses all of these great things. But what I'm seeing a lot of now is like cannabis coaches and people who are helping individuals who want to use cannabis for the first time or who are wanting to deepen their relationship to cannabis. And when I see these things, again, it's not my market, so I can't say yes or no, but it makes me wonder, is there actually a market for this thing? Are there people who are out there who are willing to fork over money to somebody to coach them through their first cannabis experience or to be an ongoing cannabis coach? Again, I don't know, but it makes me question it. So if you're having some difficulty with your business and, you know, maybe you, like I said, you've got all the language down pat, you know, the words you're using are resonating and you're still not seeing that traction that you want to see. Maybe the way you offer this service just needs to be tweaked a little bit. Maybe it doesn't need to come in the form of one-on-one coaching. Maybe if you're an accountability coach and you can't get any accountability clients, maybe you create like a productivity system or a time management system and you sell that as like a DIY kind of thing. Or if you're a cannabis coach, maybe there's a different way that you can guide people through this process without actually you know, being a coach and when you're a coach and you're investing a lot of time and energy into somebody, you want to be compensated for it. And if someone's not willing to compensate you for that, you don't really have a business. So is there another way that you could provide the same outcome or guide somebody through the process that you want to help them with, but in a way that is more aligned with like what they're willing to invest with what they are actually looking for. And I talk about investments in both in terms of both finances and time. So we've got our three things here. We've got solving problems that like maybe are real problems, but they're not problems in the language that our ideal clients are using them in. 
We've got communicating the solutions that we provide from our current level of awareness that doesn't take into consideration the fact that our ideal clients might not understand why these things that we're talking about are important. And then we have the problem of solving a problem that's like maybe not actually a problem that someone's willing to pay to solve. So what do we do about these things? I talked about this a lot in episode number 79 about how to launch your next program, course, freebie, opt-in, whatever it may be, like things that I shared and that apply to the full spectrum of offerings and things that you could create. But it really boils down to market research and really understanding who you are helping, what they are struggling with, what they're looking for, what that outcome they're hoping to achieve is. And how you deliver that in a way that makes sense to your ideal clients. So I will say that, you know, this whole like defining a niche, defining, you know, the specifics around the solutions that you provide, this is one of the most challenging things that we can do in business because we do such multifaceted work. There are so many things that we help people with. But we don't need to lead with all of those things. There's usually like a core element, a core problem that we're solving and a core tool that we use for a specific group of people. So my first tip for you would be to just do a big brain dump, like get a bunch of sticky notes or get a big sheet of paper and write out everything that you do for your clients or everything that you want to do for your clients if you don't actually have any yet. Make a list of all of the outcomes that you help facilitate, all of the shifts you help facilitate, all of the tools that you use, all of the ways in which you help to facilitate these things, and also write out like all of the different clients that you have really enjoyed working with. Maybe you've worked with a variety, but there's like a specific type of person that really sticks out to you that really jived with what you have to offer and they got great results. So map all of those things out and then take a step back and look and see if you see any common themes here. Maybe if you're a fitness coach, you'll notice that one thing that you're really, really good at is helping things seem easy. You help to demystify macros and you make it really easy for people to get to the gym or you make it really easy to do their workouts at home because they don't even have to go to the gym. Maybe if you're a life coach, what you found is that you are really good at helping people speak up for themselves. A lot of the things that you do for people relates to, you know, using your voice, speaking up, standing out, being heard, those kinds of things. So start to look for those patterns and pick out those few key things that you really do help people with. And then ask yourself, are these problems that people are actually looking for solutions to? And you'll probably find that those main things, those things that come really naturally to you, those things that come easily to you, those actually are problems that people are dealing with. We often don't lead with them because they come so naturally to us or because they're so second nature to us that we don't realize that if we just talk about the fact that we can demystify this whole macronutrient thing for you and make your protein, fats, and carbs real easy, we think that we have to lead with like the mindset side of things and we're going to help you feel like a badass every morning before you walk out the door. When in actuality, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for that simple thing that comes really easy to us. And isn't that beautiful? That thing that is really easy to you and really, really natural, that that is actually what the people are looking for. Because most of the time it is. And 
it's really common to get those thoughts of, well, is this too easy? Am I taking the easy route? Um, I think talking about feeling as though things need to be hard and why we make ourselves struggle through building our businesses and just through life in general, it's a whole other topic for another day. But I just want to say that, you know, if what you identify feels really, really easy, that's a good thing. Go with it because if it's easy and it's impactful, boom, you've got a recipe for success. So do that little bit of brainstorming on your own. But step two is that we're not going to just leave it at your hanging out in your living room, kind of figuring things out. Now you need to start speaking to people. And I talk about this in episode 79. If you haven't listened to that, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to it because it's really, really beneficial information. But one of the things that I talked about in there is doing information interviews. And this is compiling a series of questions, not too many questions because you want to be respectful of people's time, but questions around what are people struggling with? um, Where are they looking for support? What have they tried before? What's worked? What's not worked? Um, And then, you know, maybe not all of those questions, but pull a few from there. And then a few specific questions about your message or what you are thinking of creating. So for example, um, I'll just give a straight up, like a super relevant example from when I launched my mastermind. I hopped on the phone with almost 50 small business owners over the course of a six week period. It was, it was a lot of conversations for this introvert, but it was so beneficial because I asked them questions like, what's your biggest struggle in business? Um, have you ever worked with a coach before? If yes, what made you decide to hire them? Like what made it a hell yes? If not, why have you not made that decision to invest? And then I would ask more specific questions. I was like, okay, so here's an overview of the program that I'm thinking of creating. I would give a couple points. Is this something that you would be willing to invest invest in? If yes, why? If not, no. And then I would ask a few more specific questions around that. You don't even necessarily have to take it from that program angle. You could ask a question like, um, do you think that macronutrients are confusing? Or do you feel like you aren't, like that you aren't heard at the office? Or, you know, just start to think about some more specific questions that use the language that you are thinking of using in your marketing or those things that you've identified that you help people with. Start to ask a few specific questions around that and then gauge people's interest. If you're like, if you get answers like, oh my God, yes, that's such a struggle for me. And then you get a big story. You know that you have hit something that people are struggling with. But if on the flip side, they're met with actually, no, like macros, I know I can just go on Google and find it, or no, I know macros are like protein, carbs, and fats. Then you know maybe that you got to go back to the drawing board because that's maybe not what your ideal client is looking for. When you're doing your interviews, I would say to try and do as many as you can. So like I said, I had nearly 50 conversations and because everyone's going to have very, very different opinions, right? So you can't base it. If one person says it sucks, like you can't just base your whole business off of the fact that that one person said it sucks. Just like on the other hand, if one person says it's awesome, you can't just like base your whole business off of the fact that one person says it was awesome. So, you know, out of my, like, let's say it was 42 conversations, 
I knew that if like 25 to 30 people seemed kind of confused about what I was talking about, that I needed to go back, reword things a little bit, go back to the drawing board. But if on the other hand, if let's say I had 25 to 30 people being like, oh my God, yeah, girl, this is exactly what I need. I knew that it was that validation to kind of keep going on the path that I was going on. And that was what I got. So these information interviews are so, so powerful for just kind of gauging your message, how it's resonating with people, but also for starting to understand the language that your ideal clients are using. And that especially comes from when you ask the question, what is it that you're struggling with in the area of XYZ? Those things that they say to you, that becomes your marketing message. Those specific challenges that they say they are dealing with, those struggles that they are having, those are the words and the pain points that you want to speak to in your marketing because that is exactly where your person is at. And a lot of the times you're going to find that they're not saying, oh, I wish I had a holistic program or I wish I could just embrace my inner feminine goddess essence. Usually there are more specifics like I wish I could fall asleep at night. I wish I didn't have cravings for chocolate at nine o'clock in the morning, or I wish that I didn't hate my body and not be able to wear any of the clothes that I wear. Like that is really, really powerful because when you know exactly what it is that they're struggling with, and you can speak to that in your marketing while obviously acting from integrity and being able to offer something that really does address those problems as well as the other holistic, badass, wonderful things that you want to do. That's where the transformation really occurs for your clients. Because you could have the most amazing program in the world, but if your marketing doesn't land with your ideal client and they don't understand how you can help them and they don't end up buying from you, then you end up not helping them. And maybe they'll go find someone else who can help them, which is great for them. They got what they needed, but maybe they won't. Maybe they'll stay stuck in that cycle because maybe every other health coach or nutrition or fitness coach is out there talking about the same holistic inner badass kind of stuff. So be specific, really, really talk to those pain points that your people are struggling with. I really cannot stress that enough. And then finally, I kind of said this already with my, when we talked about, you know, the problem of providing a solution to a problem that doesn't exist and maybe just the way that you solve that problem, it just needs to be tweaked a little bit. Maybe it doesn't come in the form of one-on-one coaching anymore. Maybe it's a DIY program. Maybe it's a course. Maybe it's workshops. Maybe it just needs to be a little bit different. Again, doesn't mean that you can't be disruptive or innovative and do things that people aren't doing in your industry. It may just mean that you need to also find your own unique way of delivering that thing. So I know I said this was going to be a bite-sized episode and it definitely did not end up being a bite-sized episode, but as you can tell, um, I get really passionate when I talk about these kinds of things because they're like really simple, but they're not. (laughs) And I know this because these are things that I have struggled with in my business and I continue to struggle with in my business. It's a lot easier to do it with other people. You know, when I have someone come to me and it's like, it takes us like minutes to nail their niche. And 
not long at all to figure out like how to communicate their message in a way that lands with their ideal client. It really does not take us long to do that together. But for that person to do it on their own, it can take weeks, months, years. It took me years in my personal training business to really kind of figure out my flow and figure out how I could incorporate the things that I like to talk about, like mindset and all of the holistic approaches, how I could incorporate that without leading with that so that it actually made sense to the people who I wanted to serve. So if this was helpful to you, what I would love for you to do is to come and find me over on Instagram at Ariana Fotonakis. I will put my handle in the show notes so that you can find me because I know I have a really hard name to spell. Come over and hit me up in the DMs and let me know, like, who is it that you help and how do you help them? What is the problem that you are solving? I want you to tell me once you've kind of gone through this process, just so that you can actually start to put it out there so you can say it out to the world, you can make it real, and you can practice refining your message even more. So let me be your practicing grounds. Come and find me, hit me up in the DMs and shoot me that message, okay? What I would also really love to ask is that if you're enjoying these episodes, if you're finding benefit from them, whether it's simply from being inspired or you're enjoying hearing people's different perspectives on things, or you're actually taking some of the information that you learn here on this podcast and you're putting it into practice, it would really be of benefit to me if you would go over to iTunes, even if you listen on like Spotify or something else, you can still review this on iTunes and leave a review letting others know what it is you like about the show or what you think or why you think they should listen because that's how little shows like mine get in front of more eyeballs. It's by having those reviews. So it's a really, really simple thing you can do. Um, It doesn't take a lot of time and it makes a really big difference for me and will also help other people be able to find this information. And if you don't have anything positive to say, you've been listening a lot and you're listening to all the episodes, we need to talk. I need to know why you keep listening if you're not happy. So again, you can always reach out to me and let me know on that front. All right, my friends, I am going to leave you with that. I hope you all have an amazing day and I look forward to catching up with you next time on the Daily Sweat Podcast. Mm -hmm.